Howdy folks, welcome to the MatchNet Podcast. I just wanna say that this episode you're about to listen to is one of my absolute favorites so far. And we're gonna be diving deep into True Parents' words about the blessing. We're gonna get really personal and we're gonna be sharing a lot of our favorite movies and TV shows along the way that we've experienced. We have Christian, Yana, and myself sharing. If you haven't already subscribed or followed this podcast, I would encourage you to do so because we're making these just for you, good folks at home who are trying to get Mash and Blessed in the best way possible. And also, please, please consider sharing this episode with somebody that you love. The only way that this this uh, podcast shares around is through word of mouth. So anytime that you share it with someone, it really does impact them a lot. That's all we care about. That's the only reason we're doing this. So let's get started. It is really, really great to have you all today. We are gonna be diving into the best words from two parents, in our opinions, in our experiences. <laughs> uh, we have Christian, with us and Yana, how are you guys doing today? Good. Doing okay. Good. Awesome. Fantastic. So there are there are maybe not these aren't the best, uh, objectively speaking, words from your parents, but and I think in our experience we've benefited the most from us. So according to us, they are. And the reason we're doing this, guys, is because we have found through uh, a survey study, right? Yana just brought this up, that. The question was asked, and this is in 2020, right? Are the candidates who received the blessing in 2020? In February 2020. Yeah. February 2020. The question was asked, what is your biggest motivation for deciding to receive the blessing? And what was number one, Yana? True parents' words. True parents' 90%. words, which was 90%. That shocked me. I was surprised. It was a good surprise. Yeah. But just to be fair, the it was like not every single blessing couple of 2020 filled out that survey and after the blessing but among mm. those who did from all over the world that was yeah. the response that's awesome so in a in in a sense this is this is you know if you want to get matched and blessed this is probably one of one of the best ways to actually get there is to study more of your parents words because according to the stats the majority of people that got blessed uh were motivated and moved to do so primarily because of their belief in your parents and words of your parents. Okay, so that's why we're going to be sharing our favorite words from your parents about the blessing and the matching. This is going to be really juicy. We're going to share some specific books that we recommend that you can check out from your local library or your local church. <laughs> um, and uh, also, we're going to be reading just a few passages that we really resonate with and explain kind of why it hits home for us. All right. So let's get started. Christian, why don't you give us what you got? Show us what you got. Show and tell. Show and tell time. Uh, my favorite quote. First, thank you for having me. Uh, my favorite quote from True Father. Before seeking dominion over the universe, you must first control yourself. Sounds, that says it all. Sounds good. Where is that from? When did he say that? Uh, I think he said it in 96. Uh, or probably even before. I'm not, probably before that. I think he said before that, but he repeated it a few times in 96. Yeah. Isn't that what he, like your father's like primary um, kind of mantra that he had when he was a child, like a teenager? Yes, yes, yes. Right. Yeah, so it, it, it is really old. Got it. Yeah. Great. So do you have any other books you recommend? Passages? Oh yeah, Divine Principle. This, this is my favorite book. The DP. Yeah. He's holding up a big black DP with lots of notes in it. Books marks. Uh, my favorite chapter in the Divine Principle is chapter one. Mm. Yeah. And I'm going to read one line. To some people, it may mean nothing. To me, it means a lot. There you go. So this is just the beginning of the principle of, uh, of creation, the first paragraph. Um, he says, to approach this topic properly, so you're talking about the questions about life and this and that. You know, so to approach this topic properly, it is not enough to examine resultant reality. The fundamental question is that of the causal reality. The fundamental question is that of the causal reality. It's all about God. It starts with God. If we understand God, why he created, why this, this and that, mm. we can make sense of many things, mm. probably even everything. You know? So that's one of my favorite, uh, two actually, two of them, two, some of 
my favorite sentences in the Divine Principle. Yeah. Do you do you remember the first time you you heard that or read that? I don't. <laughs> but uh, I can I remember uh, because I used to read Divine Principle a lot in French, mm -hmm. of course, not in English. Uh, so my original level four book was so <laughs> so dirty, so messed up <laughs> because I highlighted things. I over highlighted the same things. I underlined them, you know, so it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, really don't remember the first time that it hit me, you know, uh, but I just know that uh, for years, chapter one has been my favorite chapter. And section six, actually, of chapter one has been my most loved section. Got it. All right. Awesome. Well, I think we, there's a lot to unpack there. And I, I, I'd probably want to do an entire episode just to figure out why you decided to join this movement and decide to get blessed and make all these decisions. Because we're trying, like, like at BFM, we're trying to figure out, like, we were talking about this yesterday, like, what is the motivating factor that gets people to want to go through the process of getting matched and receive a blessing? Like, how, what motivates people? And in your experience from what you've shared is, like, you had questions that you wanted answers to. And that was like, right. He's shaking his head for everyone listening to the podcast. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <Right? laughs> He's nodding. I mean, <laughs> uh, so it, it, I mean, it's beautiful and it's part of it. And I think not just for first generation, uh, but second generation too. It's like, everyone has to go through this process of what do I believe in? Uh, I have questions and I need answers. And it really starts with God. Like it starts, if you, if you have a firm understanding of who God is and what relationship you have with God, then it becomes significantly easier to understand what the blessing is and who your parents are and spirit world. All right. Sure. Anywho, we'll come back to you, Christian, uh, for more passages from you. Let's go on to yourself, Yana. Do you have something you have for show and tell today? Oh my goodness. Maybe too many things. <laughs> yeah, we'll go we'll go around in circles. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we all gotta show our favorite books. This one's definitely mine, Message of Peace with all kinds of bookmarks and sticky tabs. And yeah. The I also had an older version that got destroyed in the rain, but had <laughs> all the highlighter, just like Christian's um, <laughs> exposition, divine principle. So I have that one and I have a few quotes from True Mother that I really love. Um, they're just short, you know, her speeches are very short often. You, actually, I think Mother wrote a lot of the peace messages. It's just oh. my theory. The way she's so, these are so concise. Like, I love the peace messages. I use them a lot to give sermons and things in the past because it's like DP, yeah. very concise. Mother has a knack for that. So anyway, um, yeah, so I want to read a few passages, but I guess also going along, like, this is so close to me because it's how I prepared for the blessing. Like when I was on... Um, STF at the time, now it's GPA, we were traveling when a lot of these speeches were given and we would like support and we would read them for 100K and then, you know, um, be there at the speech. And one of the big things that was repeated was like, please engrave these messages in your heart. And I really did that as a student. Like I can quote, pull these quotes all the time. Uh, I have to do that a lot of times when I'm sharing about the blessing. So, but that's one of the biggest things is like, um, particularly um, understanding how valuable the blessing is to God. Mm -hmm. So I felt like that at the end of the day um, was a huge motivating factor for me. There's a lot of great quotes in here. I think maybe I'll list a few of, this book is all peace messages. It's also in the Pyeongwagyong, the Brown book, many of these, but you can list a few that I recommend later under the podcast. There you go, yeah. Um, but I guess one that really struck me, and I guess it's more of a, a somber quote, but I, I do feel that to, for me, the impact of the blessing and choice, I had a lot of my own personal reasons, but especially for God and the world, what it means. So um, it's under this section, importance of lineage, which is in there. There's a lot of the titles are really obvious, like the value of the international cross-cultural marriage blessing, importance of lineage, you can find very easily um, things you want to read about in them. But the, just the first paragraph, uh, do you know what has pained God's heart most, causing him the greatest grief over the long history since the fall of Adam and Eve? God lost his lineage. And with that, God lost the basis of human brotherhood. I'm going to talk about that quote, especially as a mom now. Mm. 
basis of human brotherhood. What does that mean? And even God, his, her ownership over the creation. God's lineage is more precious than life itself. Without it, the fruits of true life and true love never matured. They became instead the fruits of Satan, lacking any relationship with God. And from them descended the 6.5 billion people now filling the earth. That passage for me really like, I don't know, it's engraved in my mm. heart. Of like, what does the blessing mean to God? And I often show this image of like how excited God is about the blessing. Like it's a more of a somber passage on the point of how hurt God was by the fall, but what the blessing means is the solution and how excited God is about it. And I think that's so important to think too, like going through all that you go through to the blessing and just how many people blessed couples there are in the world, like how much joy that brings to God is just, yeah, it's, it's the, the, the part I think about a lot, but it's rooted in that passage too, of like, we're helping to ease that God's heart in so many ways. Mm. Still a lot to do, right? But um, I think God's heart won't fully be eased until the whole world is blessed families. But uh, yeah. yeah. So that's one I wanted to read. And then there's a few from True Mother that are um, just from different speeches. A lot of these she gave in like 2014. Um, many of them were two blessed children. One of them is at a matching, um, but just uh, one line. I think I share about this in one of the blessing. I've said this a few times, but please think of the flood during Noah's time. Is the ocean larger or is the mountain larger? The answer, the ocean is larger. You all probably want a partner who has a heart as wide as the ocean, right? Yes, it's the same for your partner. This is the most important teaching among True Father's teachings, true love. Good one. And then the last one, again, from True Mother. Um, I feel like it kind of goes in hand with the God's perspective from the peace message, but true parents must not only be your true parents, but also humanities. Even though the 7 billion people of the fallen world do not know how they ended up in such an environment, their original minds desire to become happy, to find peace, and to live a good life. Yet the reality is that the members of the human race throughout history have been aggravating every problem. Not a day goes by comfortably. We thought that we would be happy if food were abundant and if we lived well, but this is not the case either. We become discontent. Why is that? It is because the people of the world today did not live according to God's word and did not receive the blessing so again it's kind of sharing what the problem is but it's putting in the solution like yeah. so for people to be happy it's to receive the blessing and it's our own happiness but i'm i feel like the depth of the blessing is it's really brilliant in um yeah addressing the pains of humanity too like mm. god's heart but also humanity so yeah yeah interesting so it's kind of like if you if you can understand what someone's been through, it makes what they're doing now more appreciated and valuable. Uh, or if you understand what you've been through before, let's say you had, you know, been through a difficult marriage or relationship and you came out the other side and you have an even more beautiful relationship now as a result of it, it makes that experience more precious to you, right? Or it's like, yeah. This is a silly example, but if you were in prison for a long time and you came out of prison, your experience of being out of prison is infinitely more precious to you than, than it was before because you understand where you've come from. Um, totally. And I think like I was thinking about your father uh, in prison, actually, when you were sharing that and how, you know, he's, he was you know, put in prison multiple times, right, throughout his life. And, and some of our members have, honestly, like in our movement, very unjustly, right, at that. <clears throat> and it's like, when you go into that environment, it's, it's like you can, you can complain and say, oh, this is the worst. Um, I have no freedom. This is unjust, right? Or you can just think like, this is where I am right now in my life, and what am I going to do with it? And that's kind of an extreme example, but in a way, I feel like we're all kind of in that kind of situation in some, to some extent, we all have constraints around our life constraints around, uh, our day-to-day -day work school, 
et cetera. And we can see them as a constraint and label it as bad and negative and the worst thing ever, you know, because my phone doesn't work or because my <laughs> whatever, <laughs> you know, these are two extreme examples we're talking about, right? Or we can just say, okay, this is, this is the situation I'm in now and I will appreciate uh, more not being in a situation or I will have understanding and compassion for people that are in this situation. Anyways, Yana, when you're sharing, I was like, anytime I actually hear you sharing about this stuff, I feel like a lot of uh, conviction from you, you know? And I think sometimes you talk with people and you just can tell that they really like believe what they believe. And it's kind of cool because you could believe something completely different and still, and, and we don't, by the way, just in case people are curious, I'm totally on board with what Yana is saying. I was but wondering, you, Benji. No, no. <laughs> Christian, Christian, on the other hand, is a piece of, piece of work. Uh, it's like you could have completely different beliefs from somebody, but if they have conviction for what they believe, it's you are intrigued. It's like, ah. Oh. Why do they believe that? Yeah. Exactly. It's like, it's like is, why do they believe that? Is there something that they have that I don't? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the most effective way to witness and to sell someone on an ideology is to have so much conviction that the person you're talking to is confused as to, and they question their own beliefs because they wonder, huh, do they understand something that I don't, right? Mm. So this is what I feel when you're sharing that, Yana, is like, um, if we can peel back for a second, uh, like, and we'll go more into words, right? I'll share some of my favorite in a second, but this is important because you, you understand that, like that first passage you share, like you get a little choked up when you read that and you said it's like ingrained in you, but there's a reason that that rings true for you. Yeah. And if you just get a random person off the street to read it, they'd be like, this is, <laughs> this is wild. Like this person, the father moon is either the Messiah or he's insane. <laughs> like, there's, <laughs> there's no, there's no in between. Right. So walk us through, like, why is it that that is so true for you? Well, you know, <clears throat> I think I'm the kind of person who's always, well, okay. I guess I, I relate a lot to God's suffering heart for a lot of my time growing up in life, hmm. my own experience, but also I've lived in a lot of different countries around the world. And I've just seen both very wealthy and not wealthy. And I've seen how at the end of the day, a lot of families are struggling and suffering. So that's always rung true in some ways of like, what can I do to help that? Um, and, and then like what hit me was realizing that like if ev people are suffering, God who loves every single person like so deeply is suffering along with them. And I guess a lot of my connection to the principle, my favorite chapter in divine principle is actually resurrection, <laughs> which is like such an interesting chapter, but it's because to me, it showed like there's a way for every single person, right? And like, that's God's love. But I spent a lot of my life in that, connection to God's heart of restoration or time of the fall. And that's how I understood things. And that's how I understood the blessing. So I shared that, but um, I don't know, since I got blessed, so I had that kind of conviction, but it was still until I got blessed, you know, there's a lot of, oh, I want to go this path, but it's not easy. But after being blessed, I've always continued to share about the blessing over 13 years. And like this conviction, a lot of people comment about that. Like mm. um, even the way people respond to what I say has shifted. Yeah, there's mm. a lot of reasons maybe why. But the biggest thing I saw in myself too was the more that I, in my own family and my own life, tapped into also God's heart of joy and that energy the original energy that created the world is incredibly powerful. It's like being this co-creator with God. And I don't know, being able to tap into that too has just added that other layer of how I um, understand the value of the blessing. Like I shared, like there's the suffering part, which is how I initially connected. But then when I saw like what God's trying to create, you know, why God wants to be a part of our families, why, oh, and I didn't go into that, the brotherhood part, like, that used to always stand out to me in that quote, like, God lost the basis for human brotherhood, and it, it's like, you know, if you just think about it, like, God's lineage means we're all family, we're all connected as family, 
one family under God. There's all those quotes and things, but as a parent and having children and brothers, I see that like, because I'm their parent, there's something I can bring to help bring their peace, the peace between them. That's so much harder to do when you're not the parent, even though sometimes you feel like your kids behave better maybe around other people, but like there's this shared love that children have for their parents that helps them get along. And so, I don't know, at the end of the day, the blessing to me is like, I'm so convicted. I know 100% of every fiber of my body, that's the only way to bring peace in this world. And that's my long story of why, but like comes down to that family, like we're all being family. It's not that when you're blessed, you've got it all figured out by no means. It's, it's a process of growing, but it's like, without the blessing, there's no way. So that's, that's kind of, I put it. And, you know, you can talk about the suffering and the part need for it, but you can also talk about the joy and the creativity and like what God wants to manifest, like through this and the ideal world, the chapter one, like both, there's both ways to talk about it. And I feel now that I have a more rounded way of talking about it, it's even more powerful. And um, hmm. yeah, it's the way to bring peace. And I really, really, really want peace in the world. I've seen enough suffering. <laughs> I don't want it anymore. And so I feel we, like mother yeah. talks about that all the time. That's why I love a lot of mother's words too around. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Yana. I think people appreciate it. So it sounds like one of your primary drivers for your conviction is your relationship with God and your understanding of God's heart, yeah. particularly the suffering heart. Would you say that that was the first experience you had with God, if you can recall? Yeah, definitely. Is, first experience when I was 12, understanding mm -hmm. God's heart of suffering. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget it. I think I've shared this so many times. <laughs> Go I ahead. Now do it. Yeah. It's funny because I heard Crescentia's testimony, Crescentia, the BFM director before me, and she had almost, I feel like parallel times in their life, almost the same experience with a different movie, um, but it was with a movie. And for me, it was watching the movie um, Diary of Anne Frank. And at the end, and just like, as they're going, as she's a, a, Jew, a diary, it's a true story about a Jewish girl who was writing in her diary and then her family gets captured they're hiding from the nazis and then they get captured and sent to a concentration camp where she eventually passes away and i had read that book so we were like watching the movie together my mom and i and i just got overwhelmed at the end i mean i knew what was going to happen right but i was just like how can people be so horrible to one another and it was just like you know that in itself but then i just thought about god like watching people be horrible to one another and like it was just like whose heart can hold that much pain like how much pain God holds and it was that moment I was like I just want to at least not add to that pain you know just a little bit ease it and yeah and, and then I was just crying like nonstop. and my mom who was like a not a tv fan was like see this is why we don't watch tv <laughs> had nothing to do with the tv you know and then, anyway i heard crescentia talking and she had a similar experience with watching the movie amistad which is about like slaves and the slave ship and then like coming and anyway and i just felt like wow look at us we had these similar moments and realization of god's suffering heart but yeah that's so deep rooted and that was when i decided i wanted to get blessed when i heard about the blessing because i was like yeah. I can bring joy. I can ease a little bit of that cool. suffering. It's <laughs> awesome. Oh man, this is great. We could talk for hours. So I'm going to share a little bit about my quotes and then we can go around in circles more. But first, my favorite, uh, I forgot to say, guys, if you're listening to this and you're enjoying it, uh, be sure to subscribe or follow this podcast because we're providing content just for you guys every single week now. And uh, it's the best way to prepare for the matching and blessing that we have in the world, right? guys. And also uh, podcasts, the only way that podcasts grow is through word of mouth. So if you can please share this with somebody that you love, that's the only ask we have uh, your family member, your team, uh, uh, your parent, your child, if you're a parent. And that's the only thing we ask is just share this episode or any episode. And that'd be great. All right. So my favorite divine principle chapter is the whole divine principle guys. Cause I'm <laughs> okay. because I don't choose what's the best. No, I'm kidding. I like Christology. Okay. Just because I like sounding like I'm smart. <laughs> I 
like pretending like I know what Christology is. <laughs> I'm still confused about that chapter. Um, <clears throat> and my favorite, my favorite God moment in a movie was probably Dragon Ball. Um, <laughs> Christian, do you know what Dragon Ball is? No, I don't. Okay. Anyways, it's a lot deeper than you think, guys. Trust me. Um, basically, it's like the whole, <laughs> this sounds silly. I know. Trust me. Okay. So the whole uh, premise of Dragon Ball is the goal in the world, like everyone's number one goal is to be the strongest in the universe. Like everybody just wants to be the strongest in the universe. And it sounds silly. Um, but, and then Goku, who's the main character, the, the guy with the spiky hair, he's always trying to be the strongest in the universe. And he just is obsessed, like, like obsessively trying to fight new characters and bad guys and, and get stronger and stronger. And so, and then his son, who's like the up and coming, uh, you know, strongest in the universe at one point surpasses him in strength when he was a kid, like a, a kid. Right. And then he like, they were fighting this monster, this bad guy and cell the green, the green alien. Right. And, and then he's, you know, he's about to beat them. Goku's about to beat this monster. And he says, you know what? There's someone else here that can, that can beat you. You know, and he calls on his son. God, I'm crying. Oh my God. <laughs> That's more tears. Good. <laughs> okay. He calls on his son, right? Go, Gohan. And he says, son, I believe in you. You know, you can do this. <laughs> and he uh, gives his son, Gohan, this opportunity to, to defeat Cell because he believes that he's the strongest, he's stronger than him, right? And he turns out he's right. And everyone was like, what are you doing? Just finish him. Just finish him. Just do it. Don't let this kid. And then Gohan comes in. And of course, Goku dies, right? In the process. Um, <clears throat> and then Gohan, <laughs> you got to look up this scene on, on, uh, on YouTube, guys. Like Google search, Holy. YouTube search, um, Gohan defeating Cell, S-E-L-L. So, and he, um, and he, you know, and his father's in spirit world and dying. And, and then Gohan is like having this final like blowout with uh with uh cell and then Gohan go his his father Goku appears in spirit and then he like he's like you can you know you can do it right and he um and he helps him like spiritually like you can when he kind of they kind of fight together and uh I don't know it's like um <clears throat> I'd never thought I, I didn't know I thought so deeply about Dragon Ball. But um, it's deep. It's a parent-child relationship, right? Mm -hmm. But also, like in this <clears throat> in this universe. All right, hold on. In this universe of, of Dragon Ball guys, the whole the the most important thing is being the strongest in the universe. That's like the most important thing, and that's all that matters. And if I relate to relate that to our world in our universe, the most important thing is being the most loving person in the universe. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yep. Yeah. It's like, who's the most loving person in the universe? And that's what counts. And so put in perspective, it's like, you're he's Goku's raising his son to be the, a more loving person than himself. And when he surpasses him in love, he's proud of him. And he says, you can do this, you know? <clears throat> and um, that's beautiful, you know? Um, I honestly said Dragon Ball kind of like as a joke, <laughs> like half joking. And then I didn't realize I'd get so choked up <laughs> anyways for all our japanese listeners i'm, I'm sure they're like wetting their pants in laughter right now because <laughs> i have to say i'm so glad you shared that because i'm always looking for like deep things pop yeah. things pop culture reference to watch together with my kids although they're a little older but yeah yeah you know and that's so deep so yeah yeah thanks for beautiful changing. yeah and i have a i have a son too by the way guys so that's kind of why it's all right. So I'm going to read one paragraph from a book called uh, as a peace loving global citizen. This is true father's autobiography. And I like this book, especially when I was preparing for a blessing. I like this book because it's simple and it's practical and it's written in a way that is just makes sense. Okay. So <clears throat> this is a section, a chapter in the book called the true meaning of marriage. True father says, Marriage is not a simple matter of a man and woman of marriageable age coming together and combining their two lives. Marriage is something built on the basis of sacrifice. The man must live for the sake of the woman and the woman for the sake of the man. As you continue to live for the sake of your spouse, your selfish mind disappears completely. The heart that seeks to sacrifice this way is the heart of love. 
Love is not a man and a woman meeting each other and having a good time. Love is offering up your life. If you marry, you must do so on the basis of your determination that your life is for your spouse. Amen. So I love this because when I read this, when I was preparing for the blessing, I was obsessed with this idea of becoming less selfish. Like, how do I become less of a selfish person with my mind, with my body, with my spirit? And I was obsessed with that idea. And he says clearly, the more, as you continue to live for the sake of your spouse, your selfish mind disappears completely. So the solution to being less selfish is not to decrease selfish, but to increase your selflessness. It's to increase your sacrifice. It's to increase your love and heart for your partner. And then naturally, the byproduct of that is you will be less selfish. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a, an infinitely just wiser way to, to think about marriage, right? Okay, I have one more from uh, the same book that I'm going to share, which is a section called My Wife, Hak Jahan Moon. That's what it's called. No, uh, wait a minute, Benji. Hak Jahan yeah. Moon is your wife? No, this is a section oh, in a book a called section. Okay. My What the heck, Christian? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will edit Moon that gets out. gets a glimpse into what our life working <laughs> Our team's much. really like... <laughs> Okay, this section is called My Wife, Hak John Moon. And he's talking about true mother, obviously, right? During the time we lived together, her environment was relentless. She never ever had even a single free moment to herself. She constantly was on edge as if she were walking on a thin layer of ice, wondering, will today be peaceful? Will tomorrow be peaceful? Because she had to attain God's standard of motherly love, uh, Sorry, one second. Sometimes even her affection for me had to be curtailed. Is that a word? Curtailed? Yeah. yeah. I don't know that word. Curtailed for the sake of her eternal mission. It was all necessary for her to become true mother, but I am sure it caused her grief in her heart. I might say a word in passing and not much and not think much of it. She, however, had to harmonize herself with every word. So I'm, I'm sure her suffering was great. It took us seven years to conform our, ourselves to each other. I relate these things because the most important thing in a marriage relationship is trust. It is what makes it possible for two people to become as one. Boom. I relate these things because the most important thing in a marriage relationship is trust. Think about that for a second. Think about the amount of trust required in this kind of relationship. And when I read that, I was like, that's the answer. Like when people say, oh, like this is important, that's important, this whatever, we're fighting, whatever. It's trust. If you have a relationship built on trust, that's what makes two people become one. And I really like that. So I really prioritize that. And that's why I have a lot of emphasis on honesty and uh, integrity in, in our relationship. And we're always like talking about stuff. Okay. Do you guys have any other words to share with us? Quotes? Yeah. I mean, yeah. One more quote reminded me of that, that I always think about whenever there's a blessing coming up, when I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of the blessed couples, which I'll share in a minute, there's just more resources too, like true love family, true family's gateway to heaven. Great book. It's like an excerpt from Chung Sung Young, but it's all about, I think it just gives like a picture of like more creating an ideal family, not necessarily quotes about blessing, but I really recommend that. And um, also inside the peace messages, we'll link to it, but there's this one, one paragraph, I think it's in the 13th message about true parents work for peace. And it just gives like an overview of like who true parents are. It's done very succinctly, but I think that's really valuable because I think for a lot connecting to true parents maybe isn't always as easy or like how do they connect with the blessing and it's not just about the blessing that's one of the things but I was reading it like wow we should really incorporate this because it just gives an overview of true who they are and I felt it was deep but the quote because we're talking about true parents and a lot of quotes from them so I felt it's nice to read a little about true parents and you um, read from true father's autobiography and there's mother's memoir Um, But this is the one that I think of, and it reminded me when you were reading, Benji, like literally every time there's a blessing, like I said, how quotes pop (laughs) into my mind. Um, This one from True Father, and the man will be like the right foot and the woman the left, and together they will move through life as one. Uh, Something about that, like really 
two becoming one, like you're talking, it reminds me of that because it's not easy to walk in harmony. <laughs> like if you think of that, like you've got to be really on tune with trust and all those things to be able to walk and move as one. Sorry for the yard work. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah. That quote always brings a lot of joy when I look at couples, those preparing for the blessing. That's the one that comes to mind. All right. That's fantastic. So we'll, we'll put some links down below this episode if people want to check out some of these resources. Christian, do you got something for us? My quotes? I don't have any more quotes. Sorry. Or books or books that you recommend? <laughs> uh, books? Yeah, Divine Principle, Exposition of Divine Principle. Uh, also, I have uh, <clears throat> two speeches of True Father that really I like. Uh, if you yeah view of the principle of the providential history of salvation that's one and mm -hmm. the other one is in search of the origin of the universe mm. i like those two speeches to me they are really powerful it's like Chufade summarized the whole providence the creation the fall restoration in those two speeches awesome Cool. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely link those below as well as any other, all the other books we recommended that we are legally allowed to <laughs> link to. <laughs> we'll put them down below. Okay. All right. So I have some old school. So this is this book is actually the book that I kept with me when I went to Korea to, to the matching and to the blessing, and I went to Chumpyong uh, for seven days prior to the blessing because I really wanted to just prepare for the matching, which I thought was a pretty good idea, and I did that. It's called God's Will in the World. You guys know about this one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the red one. And it's basically like every, pretty much a lot of homes have it. And if you go to your church, you could probably find it. It's also online. Uh, so I was doing a seven-day fast before the blessing. Uh, and, you know, kind of as a devotional condition to offer my body and my spirit to God and through the blessing. So I did a seven-day fast. And on the seventh day, right before it turned noon. So it's like, like a few minutes before noon, I was in prayer and I was like, I'm, you know, I'm finishing the seven day fast. I'm super hungry, but I want to offer this to God. And so I opened this book, God's will in the world to a random page. Like, like I promise a completely random page. And this is what it said. Those, who, this is, I quote, those who have fasted for one week, raise your hand. Anyone who has never experienced fasting cannot understand the feeling at three minutes to midnight on the seventh day, even if somebody explains it to him by writing hundreds of books. To write and explain the taste of honey is not the same as tasting it. Therefore, if a person wants to believe in the path of a cross, it's better to go the path of the cross sub substantially. One who does not understand God's heart must put himself in a position to discover it. One should preserve through any or persevere through any hardship to seek after God's heart. The fact that we are so we are the descendants of a fallen man whose heart is separated from God's heart is intolerable, intolerable to God. Furthermore, to create some theory centered upon man or to speak about some self-centered reciprocal standard, etc., is out of the question. So I read this and then I looked at the clock and it said 1157 PM. Mm -mm. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was so confused because I opened a random page and it said, anyone who has ever, who has never experienced fasting cannot understand the feeling at three minutes to midnight on the seventh day. So obviously I took that to heart and I don't think that it, it, something as coincidental as that is possible. Um, and that's one of my firm beliefs. Uh, about God and spirit world is that there is something guiding us to make decisions and it's for us to make those decisions. And after that, I decided, okay, I want to get blessed. Okay. I want to do this. Um, which blew my mind. <clears throat> Any comments on that? I think that's such a, um, that's an experience that I feel like a lot of people look for, especially going to Chumpyong, like, oh, I want to have that kind of experience, you know. Um, but I was just thinking as you as you read and this whole conversation, which, yeah, I was so excited by this topic because like reading God's words, I think it is 
I do that opening a book so many times to find something that I feel like, what do you want to tell me, God? And that's what mm -hmm. I'll say, you know, and it works. And I feel like it's this relationship of communication and your experience is so awesome. It's like to the dot. And I, I love hearing that. I'm sure a lot of those listening love hearing it. And maybe for people, we've talked a lot about our experiences for people who haven't had some kind of experience like that or something yet, like keep seeking it. And I feel like, especially having give and take with true parents words, a lot of these things leave message, like that's part of it. It's, it's on this, a lot of the stuff with the peace messages, it wasn't like I immediately got it or I was like enjoying reading them, but like over time, sometimes it's the where you are in the circumstances and you completing that seven day fast, you're like in some very in tune moment, you know, in your life, because you've offered this incredible chung sung. And yeah, I felt sometimes when I don't want to wake up in the morning, but I wake up a little earlier and I read a passage, somehow it hits deeper. So I just wanted to convey that for people that are looking maybe for more spiritual experiences, like it is part of the principle in divine principle, right? Like mm -hmm. making conditions, um, God can really respond in that, like, even if it's a little thing of I'm going to read this and this for this amount of time or wake up a little earlier or do a fast. Uh, and then engaging with true parents' words in that time is, is one way to help it sink deeper. It's not like a perfect formula. There's all kinds of stuff that goes on in our life. But yeah, I just felt like encouraging people um, to continue like asking tough questions and digging deeper in to try to find those answers because God's really excited and yeah along there with you like I felt like that that to the dot you know how your father's often saying God's an absolute scientist that's in the peace message um to that dot like your experience and you're reading that three minutes to midnight as you're reading it like I feel like that's so much God's love for you specifically Benji to be like see <laughs> you know, I'm here you know um yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point. I, I can attest that I didn't experience any of that for many years. So I, I like two and a half years before my blessing, I started a condition to do uh Kyung base bowing to, to God and to your parents to the altar, just as like a physical devotion of like determination and re reminding myself, like what I'm working for, what I'm preparing myself for. So that's why I did that. So, so I said, I'm going to do this 40 times and do 40 bows every day until I get blessed, like until the day I get blessed. And I knew it was probably going to take a few years uh, of doing that. And I did it every day without fail. And I did okay in conditions. And I never experienced anything. Mm -hmm. Like, it was almost to a point of frustration. I was like, how long am I going to do this? <laughs> you know, before I have a sign or something like that. And, and, uh, and if you listen to my, my matching story, which we've talked about before in other episodes, uh, it took me like face to face with going to Korea, going to two parents matching, and putting everything on the line and then father to father saying, Hey, you guys should choose your own spouse because if you do that, God will support you and you won't break your blessing. And I had to make that decision. Like, Holy crap. I have been putting, putting uh, my entire life in the hands of some spiritual phenomenon or, or some decision by God. And I wasn't willing to take ownership and relate really responsibility for my own choice. And then she father said that. And I was like, Oh, okay. So so the same guy that I was putting my eternal trust in to father is telling me that if I trust myself, then the same God will work in me. And I was, it was, a, it's kind of like a test of how, how much do I actually believe in this? Because if I didn't believe that with all my heart, that I, I trust this guy, then I never would have done it because my thought process was like, you know what, this is the same guy that I'm trusting. And he's telling me I can do this. All right, I can do it. And then here we are 12 years later, three kids. And I'm like, I still don't know if that was the right decision. And this is where people get tripped up is people believe oh, yeah. there is some kind of magical predestined thing for them. And it's just going to, someone's going to knock on their door or send them an email and say, Hey, this is it. God's going <laughs> to knock on your door and say, this is the one or have a dream. I still don't know. Honestly. I'm not a hundred percent. I can't be a hundred percent certain that I made the right choice. I don't know. Maybe I will know someday, but I just don't know, but I'm choosing to be okay with that. And I'm choosing to say, Hey, I made this choice. And according to true father, if I take ownership of this decision and responsibility for it, then God, that is 
the answer. That is the way that God wants me to go. That's the, that's the path. And so I want to uh, pin, highlight this point I'm making with this last quote from me, which is from the same book. And the section is called, Your Blessing Should Be Unexpected. And I think this is probably my, one of my favorite things. Shifala says, do not worry about anything else for these seven years, but become literally crazy for God and crazy to serve mankind, forgetting about yourself. All of a sudden, I will say, you are my child. The time for blessing has come. I want you to get blessed. Then you might respond, have three years passed already? Oh, no, Father, I still have more to do, and I must become more mature. That is the natural response. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were not to tell God that it was time for them to get married. Instead, God was to tell Adam. When a News World staff member wrote to me asking, Father, I want to get blessed. Can't you bless me? I wondered, does this brother really know the principle? Another brother was extraordinarily lucky. He was not even a candidate for the blessing, but was just driving the candidates up to the matching when he happened to be selected. He never expected to be blessed at that time. That should be the natural situation. If you really know the principle, you will know that this is the way the blessing comes, just all of a sudden. So you can, you know, you can conclude whatever you want from this passage, guys. But for me, when I read this, like right before the blessing, I was like, huh. So what's important here is not me forcing my way to this blessing and finding this person but really like investing myself. And if I do that as a result, the time will come naturally because of the growth and the maturity and development that I've had. And I think this is true for many reasons, but also practically speaking, the more you invest in yourself, the returns on that investment will, will see dividends further down into your marriage that you ever thought possible. Why? Because the more mature you and loving you are as a person, the more successful by definition, your relationship in blessing will be down the road. That's just a fact because a relationship that is successful takes two individuals that are mature, not perfect, but willing to grow and willing to mature. So if you're, you know, in a situation where you're trying to get matched or frustrated, or you're trying to figure out this blessing thing, and you're thinking, you know, what's, what's the point of all this work I'm doing? Well, your father, according to your father, you should be literally crazy for God and crazy to serve mankind, forget about yourself. And all of a sudden you'll wake up and say, hey, has three years already passed? No, I want to do more. And that's when God calls. And that's when God says, hey, you're ready for this matching and blessing thing. And I think that's a helpful framework to think about it instead of like, oh, you know, woe is me. I'm already 30. Like I've talked to people all the time. We're like, I'm 30 years old. I'm so old. I'm like, come on, have some perspective. I'm 35, have some perspective. We have people getting blessed all the time who are in their 50s and 60s, all right? We have people who are in the most dire of situations. It's not, a, it's not a comparison thing. But think about the suffering of God and think about the suffering of people. And can you really with confidence say, I'm, too, I'm 30 years old, I'm too old or too ugly or too this or that, and no one will accept me and I have all these beliefs about myself that are holding me back. Have some perspective. And this is why we're talking about true father's words because it gives true parents' words, sorry. True mother and true father, true father give us perspective on what's really important. It takes us out of ourself and sees things from a new lens from ideally God's perspective. Because as long as we don't have these words and we're just thinking in our own heads and not going to church and not talking with people, then we're only gonna be seeing from our perspective. We have no way to, to grow. That's why it's important. This is why I do Hundoke. This is why I go to church every Sunday. This is why I do Hundoke with my kids. It's because I need perspective that is not just my own. I need to see things from a broader perspective because I don't have the answers. Okay, that's all I wanted to share. What about you guys? <laughs> Christian, you want to go? Um, I really don't have much to say here. I, I was just thinking about why we need God's words. It's like, well, Christian probably better because you said section six of chapter one, but the, the life elements, like the words is um, love, right? That's part of how we receive God's love. Like that seeing yourself from God's perspective, what you were just saying, Benji, is needed. And we need that. And then also, how do we apply those words? Because um, I think a big thing and why I also wanted to encourage reading, I know we read it in another one, the, the actual blessing vow, 
that's a good thing to read as you're preparing for the blessing. True family's gateway to heaven. There's a peace message about the family pledge, but like thinking in the, what type of family are you creating? And I think a lot of the things that um, you touched on Benji about uh, commitment about the way I always blame Hollywood, but like this idea of like, you know, we're just going to get an answer, but the key is taking ownership. And that's where the real joy is. Like I mentioned how I learned to connect to God's joy of creating and like what we're creating, how I'm creating my best version of myself in all areas and all relationships, being the most loving version to love limitlessly like God. It's like, it's not something that happens like that, or it's not that even conviction and commitment, it's like by continuing to make choices toward that, like commitment is something you continue to make choices toward and it defines your lifestyle. And that's where confidence and conviction comes from. It's like when I act on my conscience, like doing those things, that's, and then it happens applying the words, like it's good to do conditions or it's good to do this and apply it. And I see that it's true. Like God's able to show then I get more confidence and conviction and it's literally how you grow, you know, your spirit. And, but I think, yeah, a lot of that perspective about growth and all those things, really, we need to hear that from God and true parents words, because we can be really hard on ourselves or we can be really impatient. I think as you get older, you're a bit more relaxed <laughs> than mm -hmm. when you're younger and preparing. So, um, oh man, I, I really love this topic. I appreciate I feel like I could keep going, but yeah, we'll have a, we'll have a 2.0. Yeah. 2.0. Uh, so much on this, but yeah, just hope that it encourages those listening to, yeah, dive deeper um, in studying true yeah. parents words around the blessing. Yeah. And let us know if you like this episode, cause we could like frame true parents words more into our episodes and like talk about it more. So let us know, give us feedback. Um, all right. We're good to go. Okay, everyone, thank you for listening. God bless you. Please join MatchNet, the program, because it's a step-by-step -step guide through the matching process and to help you become a matching candidate that's qualified to receive the blessing. And that's what that's for. Be sure to subscribe and share this episode with people because it's the only way that this thing shares and gets spread around is through word of mouth. We love you all. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.